As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the trio of feathery brethren, weather in any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheila, and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheila, and Zach coming at you with steps things flapping their wings on it's Tuesday meeting after they win by 36 why did we how he was inactive I don't give it hello everybody and welcome to birds with friends on a Tuesday afternoon Bo Wolf Shook Apatia Zach Berman Marissa Morris working the magic behind the scenes We've got an Eagles practice to talk about. Practice uh, in quotations, an OTA. We got to see some things. We'll talk about that. We talked to the coordinators last week. We've got to get some updates on hashtag classics for Shield. Lots to talk about. All the news that's fit to pod. Shield, how are you? You ever go to a podiatrist? I have never been to a podiatrist. Zach? I have not been to a podiatrist as well. I mean, these or podiatrists. The things they can do, you know, I just tell you, it's nothing too gross. I mean, I know most people don't like feet, you know, just a little kind of like a minor uh, callus type situation on the uh, on the left foot. You know, okay. you wouldn't like look at it and think it's disgusting or, you know, it wasn't that bad. It's as far as Send, I see. Put, it, put as some feet pictures go. up. Put them on okay. Twitter. Let's, let's let us be the decision. Well, I can't because these, you know, this is the second time I've gone to a podiatrist. They take out these tools that I've never seen before. You're wondering, like, oh my gosh, what are they going to do? <laughs> Next thing you know, your foot looks great. You feel great. You're walking, and uh, there's nothing else to be done. So a, a guy does ten thousand steps, and all of a sudden he has calluses on his feet. <laughs> well, no, the, the podiatrist said my foot is a tr- work operates like a tripod in that the back of the foot hits the ground then the upper right like right underneath my uh, big toe 
hits the ground and then like the outer edge outside my pinky toe hit the ground. And so he said, I'm not getting enough like uh, a middle foot, you know, the middle toes, that area that doesn't hit the ground when I walk. And so as a result, I feel uh, like my outer foot would hit before my inner foot. Maybe well, I, yeah, maybe. my it's mine's too much outer foot, I think. And so, mm. but but they do, uh, you know, it's kind of like, have you ever gotten a pedicure? Never. Nope. Not opposed exactly. to it. I'd be happy to get one. You know, I try, yeah, when I was, uh, my wife and I had a trip, uh, I don't know, it was when we were in Seattle, I think, and I would see how those Seahawks players would really take care of their feet uh, mm. big time. And so my wife's like, I want to get, you know, we were going to San Francisco, I think. Uh, and she was like, I want to get a pedicure. And then she was like, you should come with me. And I'm like, yeah, I've never done that. But then I was remembering this one podiatrist appointment I had. And I was thinking, if it's anything like that, I'm going to love this. Uh, I did not enjoy the pedicure experience. But I'll tell you what, mm. uh, our athletic insurance, as often as I can go to the podiatrist and just get them to kind of look at the feet and work their magic, I'm doing that. I highly recommend that based on what you're, uh, you know, if you can get the insurance. I don't even think I had a copay for this bad boy. I was wow. like stealing out there. Now, uh, big question. Did this podiatrist have a name like, you know, Larry Foot or something like that in uh, relation to your old friend, uh, Dr. Weiner? He did not. No, yeah, Dr. Weiner. Uh, I don't know if we've actually discussed that before, Bo. That might have been off the air, but uh, Dr. Weiner did. Now that we're there, uh, the, the vasectomy follow-up for me was with Dr. Weiner, which uh, I think Bo has heard me tell that story like probably 10 times in different uh, different groups. I thought for sure that it was on the pod at some point. Yeah, but. I don't think it was on the pod, but uh, it's, it's now on the pod. I'm not, uh, I'm not embarrassed about it, so that was... Uh, you know, no, this this podiatrist had a just kind of a standard name. But if there is a kind of doctor foot out there who mm. works their magic, then uh, by all means, that would be a nice branding opportunity. Should Zach, we end the pod? You? I feel like that was good. Yeah, I feel like that was good. Zach, yeah. you good to go? Anything else? Doing well. Excited for this podcast. <laughs> I'm looking forward to 3 p.m. today. What's it? Oh, you have been looking forward to 3 p.m. Yes, I, I, I will speak more I clearly. I have been looking <laughs> I forward like, what to, to look 3 p.m. I was like, what, what did I miss? We are, do we have a, uh, you know, do we have an Adrian Killens uh, Zoom at 3 o'clock? Uh, I could anyway. only wish. Okay. So, uh, a little uh, a little OTA today. Um, now, Zach, do you want to, how, how do you want to go through this? Because, you know, I did a, uh, a quick, uh, you know, some observations, some notes from this practice. Do you want me to... Uh, to run through this, do you want to make this like a question and answer? You pepper me about what happened at practice. How, do, how would you like to proceed? Yeah, no, you be the stone cold newsman today. Share with us uh, what oh. you observed. Okay, give me the give me the lead in. Uh, yeah, do your like uh, you know you're doing the channel six or channel three, channel ten. I, I want to be an equal opportunity uh, channel twenty nine. Equal. Whoever wants to give us a TV spot, that's exactly. what we will announce. Too. Exactly. You are the, the newscaster giving the update on what happened at practice today. Okay, can you toss it to me? Bo, take it. All right, I'll, I'll do it. And now we go. Zach, have you not been on this podcast before? I thought we were. No, because right, you, right, I'll, I'll you have it. the music. I, I thought it was, and, and the music comes in post-production. So. All right. And now we go to our Stone Cold Newsman, Bo Wolf. Change was afoot at the Novacare Complex on Tuesday morning as the Eagles took the practice field for the first time as a full team under new head coach Nick Sirianni. And they looked different. They weren't wearing jerseys, 
today, instead rocking these very handsome black and gray jerseys with their numbers on them as we begin a new era in Philadelphia. Some news and notes from the Eagles today. The team making a transaction, adding defensive tackle Willie Henry and releasing linebacker Joe Batchy. Elsewhere on the important news front, everybody's looking forward to the training camp battle of the summer, the main attraction at left tackle. Will it be Jordan Mailata, the 24-year-old former seventh-round pick who impressed so much last season in his first opportunity to get on the field? Or will it be the former first-round pick, Andre Dillard, who was 25 years old, coming off a season-ending injury last summer? Well, today, the first day, it was Jordan Mailata getting the first crack at left tackle. So we will see how that plays out over the course of the summer leading into week one. Other information that you might want to know. Let's see. Uh, Avante Maddox taking some time working with the safeties during individual drills. We'll see mm, if that carries forward wow. as well. Uh, Sorry. I mean, I that's, that, we'll, we'll that get one. to that one. Um, you saw We saw a little preview of these stand-up edge rushers that we are expecting to see in Jonathan Gannon's defense with Joe Ostman, Jannard Avery, and Patrick Johnson working all the way to the side uh, separately from the linebackers. And of course, Jalen Hurts and Joe Flacco showing you what they've got. There were uh, rings to throw the ball through during individual warmups for the quarterbacks, a new addition to the uh, Novacare complex facility. And uh, Jalen Hurts missed a bunch of rings, but that's okay. He's still going to be the quarterback. Back to you, Shield. Thank you, and sorry for interrupting your your wonderful uh, news report there. But I, I mean, it's been like uh, years where I've been just said. But can we see more of Avante Maddox at so safety? So that I one, don't want to. Uh, this this is one where I, I do not want to overstate it. It was like um, they <laughs> you say sa- he's starting at safety. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I think so. I mean, given the roster construction, that makes a lot of sense. You know, now that they've added safeties and then they've added Anthony Harris, now is the time to move him. Um, it was just like they had separated, it seemed like, uh, safeties and corners, and Avante was with the safeties. But it could have been, you know, just like maybe that's where, uh, you know, the nickels were going or uh, they, he's just getting cross-trained. It's, you know, it's one, it's one day of individual drills. It wasn't like a team drill or anything like that. But that is, uh, that is where he was. Okay. Usual disclaimer, but just that there is a 1% possibility of mm-hmm. it has me uh, excited there. Zeberm, are you surprised that it was, uh, again, you know, usual disclaimers, a, a spring uh, walkthrough, but are you surprised that it was Mylotta at left tackle over Dillard? I would not be at at this point. Uh, certainly Andre Dillard coming off the, the, the major injury, right? Uh, but it is a new coaching staff. Now Stoutland is back, Stoutland's in charge there. It is, as as Bo advertised, the biggest competition to watch during the summer, if you do believe it's a competition. Uh, and an interesting kind of side note or something to monitor is that Jordan Maialata is in the final year of his contract. If the Eagles were to give him a contract extension here, that would be signaling that uh, he's their guy. So, the, so that's one thing. And then the other thing is, and we talked about this on the last pod, them signing LaRaven Clark gives them some flexibility if they were to trade Andre Dillard. So um, I would think that Mylotta is the, I, I think Mylotta deserves to be the starter based on the way he played last year. He's younger. I think he has more upside. 
but I wouldn't write off Dillard just yet. And as I've been saying, I don't see Andre Dillard on this roster as a backup. I think if Andre Dillard's on this roster, he is starting. Otherwise, he is traded. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think Bo, there's two. Was Raven Clark out there? He was, but he he tore his ace, he tore his Achilles in like December. I understand. Or I just like want that. to know so, if you he were was near he was there, enough. but he was not. He was not taking part in practice. Did um, you say to another reporter that's so Raven? I did not. Okay, next I probably time. said that. How about an attendance Raven, update? Of course, French for the Raven. How about an attendance update? The uh, players coming back from injuries. Uh, who was out there? Now, I I I was not at at practice today. That's why I am asking Bo. I I had. Mm. Uh, uh, I had an obligation I had to do. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, so so I'll fill us in on the attendance at, at practice, both who wasn't there, and we should say it's voluntary, and then also who's back from injuries and who wasn't practicing because of injuries. Uh, not there. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Darius Slay, and Zach Ertz. Uh, and I think there were there might have been one or two others, but those were the uh, the headliners who were not there. Uh, back at practice from injury, Brandon Brooks, uh, who looked good. He's rocking some cornrows. He looks, you know, nice and fresh. And he was indeed practicing with, uh, you know, through individual drills, warming up with the uh, the first team at right guard. So he was doing some stuff. Um, and then these are big, Zach. Uh, not practicing. Still Marlon Tui-Pelotu and also Raekwon Williams. So uh, maybe that's the reason that they made the decision to sign Willie Henry, who's 27 and has only played one game over the past two years there you go uh i'll give you some other i'll give you some other notes you can tell me if these are interesting um landon dickerson third team left guard during the uh the individual drills i think you know he can play it he can he can uh you know versatility is the calling card and you know he could certainly play center they have more centers on the roster so it makes sense that he would be at guard but i think it's at least like a little bit Interesting that his first reps are coming at the one position where, like, he could take a starter's job. Now he is is not doing work in team stuff. Now the reporters were not allowed to see team Correct. because this, they are not having a traditional OTA practice. It's it's more like a walkthrough, so they're keeping that behind closed doors for now. But um, he is not participating from from why from what I understand in like team in, in what would be full teamwork. So perhaps it's their way of easing him in. Uh, but, but that is something to, to, to certainly monitor. I, I would expect him to be the top reserve at three spots at both guard spots and at center. I think so too. But I think that if, if he is like really ahead of schedule and is able to like go full, go fully in like August, I don't think it's crazy that he takes the starting left guard job from say Amalo. And but then Sayamalo is an expensive reserve in that case. He's not trying to say Amalo to the Jets. There you go. Hmm. They, need a, uh, they need a guard. Would you like to guess the linebacker rotation, Zach? Uh well Eric Wilson. Zach. Eric Wilson, Alex Singleton, and TJ Edwards would be my guess. Well it was it was uh, a top two, a second two, and then a bottom three. Okay, so I'm guessing Wilson and Singleton. And Correct. then I'm guessing Edwards and Davion Taylor. Incorrect. Ooh, Edwards and Sean Bradley. That is correct. Okay. So Davion Taylor, your 2023rd round pick, is with the third group of two. Yes, behind Sean Bradley, and he was in the middle of that third group alongside Jacoby Stevens. And can you name the other linebacker on the roster? 
can I name the other linebacker yes. on? So not including the hybrid guys, not including your Jannard Averys, correct? Your, your Patrick John. Um, yes, I I believe I can. The name is escaping me though, so that means I'm not naming mm. him. Um, <laughs> I, I I can well picture- here. I- yeah, I have a, I, I want to, something I wanted to revisit here, Zach. So if you want to think about that and come back <laughs> um, to it, no Googling, then you may do that. Uh, I was thinking about the Mylotta Dillard thing, and I, I wonder what the best way is oh, yeah, I was to gonna try talk about to. This too. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, you were going to make a point. Go ahead. No, 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 no. no. You, you say your point first. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's Rashad Smith. It is Rashad Smith, yes. Okay. Of course, Shield knew that. Yeah. I feel like there's probably 11 Rashad Smiths in the NFL. That could be anybody. That seems like a very common name. Um, I, so, uh, my point, my point on those on those two guys was that like uh, there's two things. Like one is my opinion is that you know Mylotta should be the left tackle. I think he's better. I think he uh, has a higher upside. Um, he's younger. Like I, I think I think he's he should be the guy in almost every way. You know, seeing how things work out. But the other thing is that like. He does deserve to be, you know, the incumbent and the guy getting the first crack just based on like, you know, a million years of watching how coaches do things because he finished the season as the left yes. tackle last year and he did fine and Dillard is coming back from an injury. Like that was is, Dillard that, a full participant that is what we from, would expect. From what you watched was Dillard a well, full again, participant. Well, again, yeah, we didn't see yeah. team drills, but he was gotcha. he was fully in individual drills. Okay. So you're Well, you I ahead, do Sean. I I do wonder what the best way is to try to reach Dillard, if that, uh, you know, indeed is your goal. I, I agree with you. I mean, my Lada, I don't, you know, you don't need to sort of play any of these, uh, you know, coaching games with my Lada. I, th- I think he's proven to be very coachable. And, um, you know, I'm sure he's somebody that the staff really likes. It's just kind of a matter of can he stay healthy and can you continue to have him work on the, you know, technical parts of playing left tackle to become a quality starter. I mean, that's really all it is with my lot. And with Dillard, it's a totally different story. You know, is this somebody that you should be saying, listen, you're nothing's going to be handed to you here. If you want to have a football career, you're going to need to work for it. You're going to need to earn it. And like, we need to see some fight out of you uh, right now. This is a huge summer for you. Or do you put your arm around him and say, listen, it hasn't gone your way. Uh, I understand you've probably been a little bit uh, down in the dumps at times with the way the first couple seasons have gone. We still believe in you. Um, just, you know, come in every day, put the work in. We've got you. You're, you're, you're going to get this. You're going to be a great player in this league. Like I wonder, cause I do, I feel like we've heard Stoutland in the past kind of talk about how you have to coach different players differently. You know, I think that was something when I did that feature on him, uh, I believe that players actually said that, that he does, you know, he kind of knows when to push someone's buttons. He knows when to just shut up. And like, you know, with Jason Peters, he's not going to tell him what technique to use. You know, (laughs) he's just kind of like, you know what you're doing. If you, you know, I'll teach you, but um, I'm not going to be kind of on you every day. So I, I think that's sort of an interesting story for this summer. And certainly when we hear from the assistant coaches is, sort of what is the approach with Andre Dillard this year. Now, do you think Stoutland knows what he has in Dillard yet? Or do you think there's just such a small sample size? I mean, he was the first teamer last year before he got hurt, right? And he got hurt. um, There were no preseason games. He got hurt in mid-August. So they really did not see him. They did not get much time seeing him as the starting left tackle. I think he probably thinks he knows what he has in Andre Dillard. Okay. 
I mean, he may think, all right, there's another level that maybe he'll get to or something, but I think he probably just, uh, I mean, you know how coaches are. Sure. Like, I don't think it takes a long time. Like, I'm sure he has an opinion in his head of what he thinks Andre Dillard is going to be, what he can be, what he is right now. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know that that would be a favorable opinion. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is, and I'm wrong, but just kind of looking at the whole uh, situation, my guess would be sort of feels like this is somebody who has to show us something and prove himself. Because our sample size, our our sample size, and our sample size is the team sample size, except for games, of course, is you know sixteen games in two thousand nineteen, four starts. One of them was on the right side, which uh, candidly we all know he's not a right tackle. I think three hundred and, and and thirty or thereabouts off the of offensive snaps, but. If you're going to move on from a player who you invested quite a bit in, you know, you're a first round pick and you traded up to get him, then mm. you need to know. And maybe they do know. Like like maybe 2019 true, showed them enough. Um, but if if you're trading because if you were to trade him, you're not getting a day two pick, right? You're getting like a day three pick at this point. Definitely. So you're probably for, you're probably hoping for a player. Yes, so it's 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 probably a guy who uh, lost you know who's lost his stock has has gone down elsewhere, but uh, I just don't know if they know yet on Andre Dillard. I'm fascinated to see what happens there. Well, I think I think it's a little bit different because of Mylana. It's not like you're moving on for Dill, from Dillard because you don't think he's good enough, and you're just going to roll the you're you're going to move forward with you know 35 year old Jason Peters again. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're moving on because you have a player who is younger and has a higher upside. Sure. Um, so it's, you know, I mean, I don't know. I think they could I mean, still you guys seem very around. sure that he has like a much higher upside than, than Dillard. I mean, Dillard's well, I upside. That. Well, when Dillard, I mean, Dillard's upside was a pro bowler. Like he was like thought of as, I mean, he was like a thought of as a high level prospect, when he came out of college, the, you know, and older, like he's 25. I mean, you talk about him like he's, like he's 37 almost two years, years older like, than my lotta. That's fine than my lotta, but like if you can, yeah, but if you can salvage something from de- like, it's not like, what's the point? He's only going to give you like two more years and then his career's on the decline. Oh, like, sure. It's not the situation with, uh, with Dillard. I'm not uh, sure I mean, that I, I would, like, I'm not sure that I would trade him. Um, Okay. And because now, do you think there's any? And we're getting in, into the weeds here, but do you think as they do their long-term planning, there's any discussion like maybe Jordan Mailata is the right tackle of the future, and Andre Dillard's the left tackle of the future? Definitely. Or, I mean, that, I, I, and I, I'm not pushing. Great, Lane that's Johnson a great out. outcome if yeah, that happens. Like I'm, I'm not pushing Lane Johnson out the door because Lane is like he, when he's healthy, he's as high-level player as the Eagles have, uh, but. Um, I mean, that is a conversation when you're looking at Mailata, the fact that he can play both sides. Whereas with Dillard, I think you're just looking at him as a left tackle. Yeah, I think that's definitely something. And that's probably why I, I probably wouldn't just trade him for, you know, for peanuts. Um, because, you know, Lane Johnson has not, you know, not only is he older, but he's he's been injured each yes. of the last couple of years. Like, that's true. if he gets injured again this year. 19 starts over the last two years, and he's 31 going into yep. this year. Now right, they so. they owe him a lot of money, but as 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 we've seen, they will eat money if it's if it's like if long term it's 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 okay for them. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I well, think yeah, I, you know, it is. Well, 
I, I agree that you're going to need three tackles. It just gets tricky when you get to the point where, well, Dillard can't play right tackle. Like, I don't, I don't know. Is that right. are you going to revisit that? Because that's like a problem. Well, it's yeah, like my, my lotta is 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 uh, like the difference between my lotta at left tackle and Dillard at left tackle is probably you know f- not huge, but the difference between like who could be a better swing tackle is enormous right now. Um, so you know that would make you think that maybe you would want my lotta to be the swing tackle, but I don't. You know, you I think you prioritize who's going to be actually on the field at left tackle. Also, Mylotta might be more like his his psyche might be able to take being the swing tackle more so than Dillard's. Yeah. Now, at the same time, to to the other thing you brought up, Zach, like if I'm the Eagles, I would love to be working out a long term deal with like a, a Mylotta extension right now. Because, I agree. You know that's that's a deal where you know if you if you lock it up now when there's some uncertainty, you're you're much more liable to get a better deal than if he ends up. Uh, being really good this year, and then he's all of a sudden, you know, going to be 25 years old and a, and a you know, above average starting left tackle. I mean, if I just think about Shields' free agency rankings, when a guy who is he's 24, he doesn't turn 25 until March 31st. So when a team say, if he hits the free agent market, he would be 24 on the free agent market. He would have only four years of organized football, like only two seasons really of playing if if that guy hits the open market um at 68 346 pounds uh i think there will be a bidding war for that player they never guys that age left left tackles yeah. in their mid-20s never. who are basically starting caliber just don't hit the market i mean really uh teams hold on to them that's why you see a team well that's not why you see the bill o'brien you know was dumb and that's why you saw them give up what they did for Laramie Tunsil. <laughs> that's but, why the Chiefs traded uh, what they did to get Orlando Brown. Chiefs trade yeah. for Orlando Brown, right? That's why Orlando Brown wanted to play left tackle, <laughs> yes. right? I mean, because <laughs> right. he knows next year he's getting a 23, he's getting uh, a minimum of $23 million a year. That's the top of the left tar- left tackle uh, market. I mean, Garrett Bowles was a guy who was considered a complete bust until last year. He plays well last year and he gets $17 million mm-hmm. Per year, so you don't need like a big sample. Like the teams, if my lot of to your point, if my lot of plays well this year, no one's gonna say, well, it was only one year. Like he, you know, I would say that Bulls contract is probably a good uh, a good comparison for him. Cam Robinson of the Jaguars, a player mm-hmm. who no one really considers, uh, you know, a, an above average player. He is 26. He got the franchise tag uh, from the Jaguars. This offseason, Donovan Smith uh, of Tampa, you know, this was last offseason. He got fifteen and a half million dollars and he was considered an average player. So um, it's just in a position where demand outweighs supply. And I think you're right. You know, I, th- I think if you look at it with my and if you're comfortable with the medical, I mean, that would be the big thing. I don't know. Right. Like the back, the back s- stuff that, you know, has kind of hampered him a little bit. If you're and if you're OK with that, then you're absolutely right, because I mean, the floor for him, given how he's played, would be like a you know, I guess you could say like a below average starter, below average to average starter or a very competent backup. And so if that's the floor and you do see the upside and you look at his age and he seems like a great sort of culture locker room guy and he's going to do whatever's asked of him and he can play left or right tackle, then uh, I would agree with you. Yeah, that might be a place to kind of go and and be aggressive. But I don't think that medical is like something to be swept under the rug either. You you know, you have to be comfortable that he can kind of string together seasons where he's healthy. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Uh, any other questions about uh, practice, Zach? Oh, well, I have quite a few questions about practice. I mean, mm-hmm. I was envious of you. Uh, I, I wanted to be there. Um, I'm curious, uh, Nick Sirianni, we saw him at the rookie minicamp. Uh, what were your observations mm-hmm. today uh, at, you know, in terms of a Sirianni practice? You, this was your, your, your second exposure to a Nick Sirianni practice. Yeah, bringing the energy. The whole coaching staff bringing the energy. And that's what everybody talks about. And I think there's something to that. Um, you know, it's like um, this is one of the things where you have to like uh, walk yourself back because you know you've been through this so many times and it's only May. But like I did. I did flex I did th- this guy. Wow. Grizzled vet. Zach, who's done more spring practices, Bo or Peter King? Please. I mean, it's the same thing we talk about, like not overvaluing like a a running back who looks good, like a Lorenzo Booker who looks good in the spring. But like, I thought that the energy out there was pretty good. Like, you know, just, uh, you know, the the, the guys talking to each other. I liked what I saw. That's all. He's definitely a thermostat, right? My kind of guy. I mean, what was he now? Was he he wasn't wearing a jersey, right? No, I actually don't remember what he was wearing. I was just thinking, you know, so so last time he was wearing the Brandon Graham T-shirt, right? I had a well, well no, that was yeah, not in front of us. That was yeah, that was the team put that one out there. This is a tip, all of you NFL coaches who listen to this podcast. Here's the way to endear yourself to your players: you wear like a different player's, uh, you know, T-shirt every time you're going to speak in front of the media. So it could be their foundation, a charity for them. It could just be a, a branding thing mm. that they have. It could be like a backup who has his own logo. You know, I, I love when those guys exist. You just wear one of those to every press conference. Players are going to be like, oh, yeah, but then all of a sudden up. you do it too often. Cool. Then you're going to get the players who are upset that they you haven't worn theirs yet. No, you get to everyone. I mean, really, you mm. how many pre- you're doing 53 press conference conferences over the course of a year. So that was always Joe Girardi's thing when he was with the Yankees. Was was he really? He wore well. It it wasn't like his players' charity per se. It was a um. It was a foundation or a different charity every press conference. He wore a different charity to champion a cause. Oh, Hmm. why doesn't he do that anymore? I mean, it sounds like a good idea to me. Shout out! You could shout out Ken Rosenthal for that too. I mean, be a company man with bow ties. That as well. Um, but 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 no, that is a good point. Now Sirianni, I I saw. Uh, pictures as I was 
Um, at a stoplight today, I was I was looking at uh, Zach, I was, I was what are you doing? At, you can't um, be looking at your phone while, while you're driving. This is not a laughing matter. No, not while, Very not dangerous. Now while I was driving, I don't care. Um, if but on a on the way back, I you I was at a I was at a funeral today, and my oh, uh, that's uh, his way of trying no. to get you off his back. <laughs> no. And um, and I I drove there, but I was with my brother, and he drove back so I could do the interviews ah, in the okay, car. All right. Okay. So mm-hmm. I I had better. the uh, the I was doing the press conferences post the post practice press conferences um, in the car ride back, but um, Nick Sirianni was 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 wearing the cutoff sweatshirt. Although he it's it's not the Belichick cutting the sleeves. It's I, I guess they make these now where it's the short sleeve hooded sweatshirt. Yeah, I don't love I don't love that look. It to me it's kind of like the vest. Like you know I'm a very indecisive person. But I know whether I want to be like, you know, warm or cold. The vest, you know, you're what you're OK with your arms being cold, but you want your chest to be you warm. Be careful because I know Zach you, you are a vest very guy. good in the vest. Yeah, Zach loves a vest. <laughs> I've had other people tell me, too, that they like the freedom of the arm. That's what movement. I like in the vest. Exactly. That's what you like. All right. Yeah. All right. Maybe I, I've never done. And then the, the short sleeve sweatshirt. I mean, you're going to be sweating, but then your arms are uncovered. So they feel good. I mean, yeah. come on. Uh, just go t-shirt. That's a very football guy. Like I, I've never seen just walking down the street someone in the uh, in the cutoff sweatshirt in the sweatshirt that did not have the sleeves. Right. Well, I think they're becoming a little bit more okay. available now. I would agree with you. Yeah, I, I think you might. But you, you know, see my football I, I, practices all the time. Yeah, like that is yeah. that's that's, that's the true. look in football practice. And Sirianni looked like, uh, yeah, he well he always wears the visor. I shouldn't say always in two practices he's worn the visor and. Uh, Looked like he was clean shaven today, um, so hmm, yeah. Nick Sirianni was pumped enough. up for the veteran. Manscaped <laughs> was, was, was pumped up for the veteran uh, minicamp. So okay. Sirianni was out there, and and I, I I saw he went down the line and gave you guys the fist pumps. Now I stayed. I did. I was not there for the fist pumps this time. Oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, enough. I'm not going to scramble over like. <laughs> oh yeah, you call know, him out. Like, Let's like, hear you this. Know. <laughs> Come on, I'm not going to just, now, like a I moth there, to a flame, I, I, I like, oh, want... let me get my FaceTime with the coach. Hey, here, give me that fist pound. Now, if you're just there and he walks out, that's something else entirely, but, you know. FaceTime's an important thing. I'm here to work. I'm here to watch practice. <laughs> FaceTime's important. No, you, you're you're there not just to see, but you're there to be seen as well, right? So, yeah. Okay, I, well, I have, I'm standing I have, there. He can see me. I don't need, I have I need no to walk objection. over there just to give him a fist pound. I have no objection to walking over. To see the now, not to have the fist pound, oh, but to it's the Pope. Let's go look. No, look but to it, if if you're covering the team and the head coach is is small talking with reporters, you want to be present for that. I would I mean, say I've historically maybe. leaned more on both side of this. I think it probably has not served me well in my career, <laughs> but I I do lean more on your side, but I'm not good at that. Like you know. The, the coach is walking away from the press conference and I'm just going to like, yell you know, make a little small talk comment to him or something. It's, it's got to be in your character or it's not. I don't think it's a bad move. I think Zach's right. It's good if the people you're covering, uh, you know, really know who you are. That is part of the job. But that's never been something I've kind of had in my repertoire. 
Well, you, you, like you don't want to come off thirsty there, right? You know, there's there's yeah, a, exactly. it's hard, there's really a, a hard to do way of where you doing don't come it, off but thirsty. I don't know that that's true. But you you want to uh, yeah you you want to make sure that that your presence is felt as well. Now, obviously, ah. it's small potatoes in his eyes, my right? Like with authority, he's yeah. he's he's there to focus on practice, not not to focus on on you. But it's like the the uh, if you're if you're there enough. Right, they they start to notice you. That's the that's the whole strategy, not the whole strategy, but but that's part of why you want to sit in the front row at the press conference, right? They 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 start to know where you sit. They start well, to know I where respect the I respect Nick Sirianni as a man who you know is is able to see through uh, who's just looking to be seen and who's there to do a job, who's there to mm-hmm. who's there to work. It's it's yeah. not mutually exclusive. Like part of the work is developing a relationship. I'm not saying you're just trying to. I, and by the way, I wasn't even there for this. this <laughs> okay, so, I, this but, is by far my favorite segment we've done all offseason. I will defend anybody who's covering the team who who wants to get some type of FaceTime with the head coach. Like I am not, I am not saying that. Like if okay. Nick Sirianni walks by you, you shouldn't be like, you know, what's up and 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 shoot the yes and like you know okay. take your take your time of that moment. I'm only saying like if you if you're like on one side of the the line and you see that Sirianni is making his way down and you like scramble over sure. to make sure like okay let's calm down I agree okay. with you there but like if you are if if you are in the same room at at the combine with of course. with like a coach or a GM that you cover are you going to be like no I'm not going to like No uh, but these are totally he, different things I'm talking about a thing yeah. like I'm talking about being at practice when you have other things to to actually do like, I don't know. Okay, fair I, enough. See, see I fair would enough. argue, you know, to the young reporters out there, just with your work, get to the point. Where sure. That coach, that coach needs to, you know, he wants to get some FaceTime in with you, you know, mm. because he knows the power you uh, wield. Am I using that? Yeah. Right? Well, wield? so it's it's a, it's yeah. interesting to say that I was listening over the weekend um, uh, while I was grocery shopping. Now I I shouldn't. This is not an, an athletic podcast, but I will shout it out because I enjoyed it. It was uh, uh, Flying Coach. It was um, Sean McVay and Peter Schrager. Oh. And that podcast <laughs> was made for you. Like, no. If they were scripting um, their audience, you would be. So I was, they, there may be a whiteboard somewhere with yeah. your face on it when they were brainstorming <laughs> ideas for that podcast. I was, but anyway, sorry. I go was, ahead. I, I was at the giant. Uh, it's literally going, from yeah. from your dreams. Into yeah, reality. going through the aisles, listening to that, and uh, and and Peter Schrager was saying how how he 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 used to have to go in and and like introduce himself and 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 say who he was, but now because at the NFL Network's the wallpaper there on at all these facilities, like uh, Debo Samuel saying, "Oh, oh, there, it's it's the guy from from Good Morning Football." So. Uh, so yeah, you you want to get to a point where they are coming up to you certainly, but uh, I have no issue with with uh, trying to get FaceTime with the people you cover. I think it's a it is a savvy move by Sirianni because as we know, it doesn't take a lot oh, yeah. to get sort of uh, reporters to give you the benefit of the doubt. I mean, if he does this fist uh, fist pound thing every practice and then maybe gets like some, oh, well, that'd be a little much if it's every practice, mm. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, some, as you as you've pointed out, Shield, Joe Douglas says my name two times, and I'm I'm willing to go to battle. For yeah, that. you were like, my gosh, Shield, best. Are you? You're like, are you doing GM rankings? That guy's got to be one, right? 
<laughs> so although, although you know, his most recent first round pick, uh, you know, we, we may be at odds. I, I think I've I've told the story on on this podcast before when uh, with uh, Chip Kelly. Yeah, I, I did the uh, Puritan Room, um, but 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 when I went up to New Wait, Hampshire, and, <laughs> when I went up to New Hampshire and I I I I, I, I met Chip's old high school friends and so when i i saw chip at the combine and i went up to like formally introduce myself because you know at the hiring you 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 really didn't get in i thought i would uh i would like mention no i i i met so-and-so 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 in manchester and uh uh and he like looked at me like why would you do that (laughs) you know like, like why would you bother these guys so uh uh, sometimes it could work against you, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I think if you're Sir- yeah. if, if I'm coaching up Sirianni, I say uh, you know call reporters by their names, uh, be very generous with your. That's a good question. Uh, do the fist fist <laughs> pounds? No, be, be genuine. And then no, do do the fist. Well, yeah, I think he is. A, I think he's okay. a gregarious guy. I mean, sure. I think that's a, his personality. I don't think he's going outside his comfort zone. And then maybe you know, just a little little add a little food factor in there. You know, maybe it's lunch. Maybe it's um, you know, maybe some cannolis. Get take a uh, mm, page, page out, out of the Frank, Frank Reich playbook. Yeah. I mean, really, if you do those three things. Uh, you're really going to get the benefit of the doubt, I, in my That's opinion. That's not true. That's not true. I yeah. disagree. I think well, that's well, definitely well, true. I'm putting my shoes not in. Not really with you, putting, Zach. But no, not, like not with you. Here. I'm putting my shoes in like Bob Lamont or whatever coaching agent you want. I'm being d- dead serious here. That's you're what 100% the, right. That's what I would tell the coach to do uh, I, if they were in a new city. Like these, this is the playbook. I mean, that's not a complicated playbook. It's like three <laughs> things you can do that will literally uh, endear yourself to the uh, to the, the press. It's court. absolutely true. But all right, fine. But but to Shields' point from before, as a reporter, for all the young reporters, to all the young reporters listening to this, you want to be known for your work. They'll respect your work if you. Uh, That's what I've if, been saying. If if you cover if you if you cover them fairly and appropriately and professionally. And so uh, they can see through any any shtick or trying to curry favor or anything like that. So well, it certainly I works. Nah, both ways. I don't know that I would totally dis- I would would totally agree with that. I mean, they if, if you are a reporter who's just writing great things about the team, they are going to like you more. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm not saying do that. I think no one respect you to though. This. I I don't know if they would no, respect you. I mean, what is respect? What is like? You know, if, like like that's their job is to get people to write favorable things about them. I mean, do you think there's anybody who we wrote about in the piece that we did who's like, gee, I'm glad those guys did that. I mean, maybe respect. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> like I, don't I mean, think some so. people might respect the way you went at like if if you handled yourself professionally, yeah, which and, we did, yeah. which we yeah. did, yeah. But you know, I they, mean, they I might not like it, but. But yeah, their preference like, would have been right. us writing a piece sure. that the Eagles are a first-class organization <laughs> sure. and look at these 10 things they've done great. I mean, that's and there's nothing wrong with that. If I were Sirianni, that's what I would want. I would want people writing great things about me. I wouldn't care if they're doing it fairly or not. Like, write that I'm a great coach. If, if I can feed you a little information about uh, to make me look good, then yeah, I, I can do that. And that's how like the game is played. Uh, I don't know where this, what, what happened with this podcast. We, yeah, we, uh, we still have to get the coordinators. Like We're at 347 here. Okay. Well, we, we haven't even gotten to the fact that Adrian Killens was a receiver today, not a running back. Well, there you go. Was Urban Meyer a guest coach? <laughs> um, but I just like, 
it's oh it's Where's unbelievable what he's doing. I mean, it's, well, it's what Adrian Kane is doing. Great job getting the media in his pocket. I mean, really? really? I think so. The Nasha. I don't know. I feel like he's. Uh, I feel like there's. A, he's getting a lot of. Uh, Positive. Well, Maybe that's wrong. The then somebody thing got somebody crushed, needs I to guess. promote me to national writer so that that doesn't. I'm trying uh... to get you to Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot of time left. The, our opportunities. <laughs> the window's closing. On on what? <laughs> on his time with the Jaguars. He's going to be gone by that. the end of the year. I don't know it's about probably, that. It's probably sixty percent in. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, it is not. It is not a long term situation down there. That is for sure. Uh, with uh, that quarterback, right. though, they're yeah, and they have a soft early schedule too. They they might be the talk of the league early on. Well, I, I think they will be, but be for probably case. other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I think that's about it from uh, practice. Um, and there are a few other notes. How about Roddy McLeod? What, the uh, observations, I, if uh, if people want to read that, yeah, McLeod was out there. Okay. Um, Again, not, who knows about team drills? Sure. But he was uh, he was hanging around, and he has said publicly that, or on he social said, media, that he expects week one. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Um, we uh, we talked to the coordinators last week, our first real time talking to these guys, and I thought it was an interesting uh, set of introductions. Sheila, you uh, you went back and watched the Gannon interview, and I think it's fair to say that that was the uh, you know the main attraction. He was the guy who definitely brought the most juice. What were your thoughts? Uh, I actually read the Gannon interview. Oh. Uh, I was did, did not. Uh, oh, in, that's not the same the thing at all. Of, you didn't get to feel it. Yeah. So energy. why don't you? Yeah. So what did you? You give him. That's what you're here for. Another thermostat. Okay. It was Good energy. Easy, it was easy to like a Gannon. I thought. Oh, okay. What did you think, Zach? Yeah, I mean, I I think he's he's someone who behind the scenes we've heard a lot about, right? That that this is someone who was in demand. He was brought up by multiple coaches in coaching search. Um, he interviewed with multiple teams to be a defensive coordinator. Uh, so there was a lot of and and because it's an offensive minded coach, he has the autonomy on defense. So he's your Jim Schwartz, he's your Jim Johnson, you know that that kind of um, that kind of presence there. Now, it and could certain- just be lip service, but Sirianni has said that he plans to be like a little bit more involved with the defense than you know certainly Doug was. Yeah, who knows true. if that will end up being true, but yeah. So, anyway. um, but no, I, I, I was impressed by Gannon in, in that I, I thought he, he, uh, now you don't want to judge someone based on a press conference, but I, I thought he articulated his plan. Um, he did not obviously give details, but his, his whole point, and, and this is something you've heard Sirianni say was, was that he's not going to try to fit players into his scheme, that he's, he's going to try to build around his players that. Um, if there's a cornerback who has a particular skill set, they will tailor to that skill set. Um, so he said when he interviewed, he 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 did not come in with a scheme. Now we've heard, uh, you know, obviously they're they're going to have a scheme, right? They're they're not just uh, playing pickup football. Um, but uh, it does seem like he wasn't hired to bring Mike Zimmer's scheme or Eberflus's scheme. He's he's tailoring it to his talent, and and probably he acquire talent to fit what he wants his defense to look like as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, no, the, look- the, the, uh, you know, putting players in positions that uh, are good for them and not just, you know, force fitting them into a scheme is like, you know, that's, that should be the lowest bar possible. That should be like exactly what coaching is, but yeah, uh, he, he at least said it. So that's good. My only red flag. I only have one red flag on Gannon, uh, who I was impressed with. And, you know, we've heard good things about, uh, and that is, you know, 
We really trusting a Bobby Petrino protege? I mean, I don't know if well, protege. <laughs> I'm, I, so a, a few things here. First off, now he he was a little bit in jest. We'll get to this. He was recruited to Louisville by John L. Smith, I believe. Okay. Um, now then, Bobby Petrino was the coach. Uh, Jonathan Gannon had a serious hip injury. Uh, his playing, he he, he wasn't going to be able to play anymore. And Petrino said, like, have you thought about coaching? And Gannon went in the coach. So Petrino was the coach who offered him a coaching job. He hasn't worked for Bobby Petrino since Bobby Petrino coached the Falcons. That was a <laughs> long time ago. That was, what, 2007? And that was not a long time. Or 2008. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, yes, he got his start. From Bobby Petrino, but I, 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 I don't. I feel think like I feel like I've uh, the two best predictions of like football wise that uh, like of my life both happened in college. Or maybe it just means that I was more plugged in then than I am now. But uh, my my two things that I was like absolutely certain of was that Bobby Petrino was going to be a failure in the NFL, and that Walt Harris was going to be a failure at Stanford. So maybe that's that, maybe. A real- why do you have such a just... strong opinion about Walt Harris? I mean, I to I... be fair, Bo has said like 400 people will fail, and these were the two. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't think it's a short list of people you have predicted to fail. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe your percentages were good there, but we would have to check like the I overall. Like I, I think my failure uh, predictions are usually pretty good, actually. That well, was as so I was writing of that in like 2005, was it after after he he leaves Pittsburgh? Uh, they, yeah, they, we had a, like, we had a friend on our freshman hall at Wake Forest who was a big Stanford fan, and I remember just being relentless about how bad Walt Harris was going to be there. And I was right. Right. I remember they fired him after the 1-11 season. So that guy got the full Bo Wolf experience. <laughs> <laughs> he was like your co-host before you had a uh, you had a co-host there yeah. at Wake Forest. All right. So uh, I looked at the – yeah, I, I liked what I was uh, reading uh, from Gannon there. And uh, I thought there were some interesting things to glean from – what he said, uh, I think he, he name dropped Mike Zimmer a lot, which is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think a good thing. If you're talking about defensive football over the last 20 years in the NFL, you know, Zimmer has been among the handful, I would say, of best defensive coaches. And so I was trying to, you know, again, we're still guessing at this point, but trying to look at some things about what that could mean. Zach, I know you probably appreciated he got a little A gap uh, question. <laughs> he got the there. question, yep. yeah. Yeah, he got the, in the A gap. <laughs> Uh, and so I was I was looking at some blitz numbers from Mike Zimmer because I, I know an Eagles fan base and I know an Eagles fan base would like mm. to be just the mad scientist defensive coordinator who's just blitzing a storm, right? I, I mean, I think if you drew it up, uh, that that's what the fan base would like. And so I was looking up uh, the Vikings uh, blitz rates since Zimmer became the head coach. So this is seven years. Where do you think they rank league-wide in just blitz frequency, the, the Mike Zimmer defenses over that time? 14. There's 11. Okay. They are 19th, so mm. uh, just below league average. They, they've blitzed 26.7% of the time. League, league average is 29.1% of the time. And then I kind of went year by year to see, all right, well, does this vary a lot? You know, the talk about... Uh, catering to personnel. Are there years where he's in the top five and years where he's not? And really what surprised me was they have they ne- have not had a year under Zimmer where they've been among like the most blitz-heavy teams. They've ranged from 22.1% 
to 29.3%. So, you know, basically that's anywhere from like the uh, 14th highest rate to like the 32nd highest rate. So there have been years where they've been among like the least uh, blitz heavy teams in the NFL. So I don't know. I thought that was uh, that was a little bit um, interesting there. And what I thought of was when Sean McDermott took over uh, as Eagles defensive coordinator. And uh, I don't know if you guys remember this. He would, t- I think it was him. He would talk about the illusion of pressure. You mm. remember this? That was like his uh, a big talking point where it's like, we're not just going to be blitzing crazy. We're not going to be blitzing 40% of the time like some of these other defenses. But before the snap, every time we want the quarterback to think, it's not just going to be line up four down linemen and okay, they're going to rush and win their battles. Like you want the quarterback to be thinking, all right, is that linebacker uh, coming through the a gap? Is that, uh, is that slot corner coming? Is on Joe Osman coming after me? <laughs> right there. So uh, that's kind of what I thought of when I heard how Gannon was uh, speaking. And I, I agree I think, with that. Uh, well, he did say specifically that he thinks he can pre- it's, it's not just pressure after the snap. It's, you apply pressure before the snap. Yeah. Well, and I like so, this. I like the other thing he said here was that, uh, and, and again, this is probably something that like makes uh, common sense to us and like should be what, what, it, what it's like to begin with, but um, how he, you know, once the, once the, like everybody is comfortable in the scheme, the pre-snap disguise is not something that he's drawing up. That's something that the players themselves uh, are able to figure out like where they feel comfortable getting back into position from and uh, they're the ones who are playing the games with with the quarterback in, in, in that sense pre-snap, which, I th- you know, like I said, it, it makes sense that that's the case, but it's probably the way that it should be. Yeah, I think he said there would be both, right? There would be the design, you know, some of the disguise is in the design and some of it is the players. Now, that is a slippery slope and a balancing act. I mean, I forget. I want to say there was a, an Avante Maddox, Rodney McLeod play where they were trying to disguise and one of them didn't get to where they're supposed to be in time. And there was like a slant that went 60 yards. Does this ring a bell to anybody? I, I, it was, I remember, I don't know if it was last year or the year before. So um, there is a trust there, but listen, I, I don't know if any of that is going to come to fruition. If it's going to work, I do think disguise has become like more and more uh, important in the NFL. And so what I heard him say was good. The other big thing from the Mike Zimmer defenses, and this is at least uh, in recent years, is that they have been much more of a uh, split safety, a two deep safety defense than the Eagles have been under Jim Schwartz. If you look at it in 2019, the Vikings under Zimmer played with a single high safety at the lowest rate of any defense in the NFL. And so they were a big quarters team, uh, quarters and cover two made up a big percentage of what they did. And if you look at it last year, the Vikings played with split safeties at the highest rate of any defense in the NFL. So just schematically, and again, this is all guesswork. We won't know until the games are being played really. And we see what their tendencies would be. But if you're looking for at someone who says, yeah, Mike Zimmer was a big influence. And we see a lot of these things the same way. And you feel like there are going to be similarities. That's kind of the, the one that stands out a lot uh, with what the Eagles could potentially do here or look like uh, in 2021. And then, if you wanted an answer that was, <clears throat> excuse me, that that was that was catered to this fan base, uh, so I I asked him why he chose the Eagles because uh, he 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 interviewed, I believe, in Chicago. The Chargers were interested in him. I I heard the Falcons were interested at one point too, uh, and 
obviously he came to the Eagles. Now each situation is different. Uh, the Chargers have a defensive-minded coach. The Bears at the you know you don't know how how long that staff's going to be in place. Uh, maybe the Falcons it might have been a co-defensive coordinator. I'm not sure specifically. And and don't quote me on the, well we are. Speaking on, on on a recording, so I can't say don't quote me, but uh, this is all uh, stuff that that I please, believe I've read in the past. Please, if you are somebody who quotes yes. podcasters, please quote <laughs> Zach. Um, Make this a lead. So, so the Eagles <clears throat> are a place that would have interest. It, but, but, anyways, he said because it's Philadelphia. That's that's what he said. Mm. Like he <laughs> he he knew his uh, he knew his audience there. That like, was for you, Zach. That was not for <laughs> that the fans. was for me. No, I I think I think the audience appreciates. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, when, you remember when when Chip Kelly said because we're from Philly and we fight, right? Mm. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, I do. The the fan base appreciates oh, that disgusting. sentiment. Uh, now here's the other thing, said, Zach, now Zach, I have a question for you yes. um, that you are maybe the only one who can answer. He I said that his what I was going to ask. His wife likes a good yes. East Coast city. Yeah. Yes. Where is his wife from? Yeah. Do we know? How'd What's they meet? her connection to East Coast cities? I, mean, I was I, wondering that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Look, I I don't want to stop get it. the I, I, No, 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 no. I no. I believe. Um, I I believe. Well, he's from Cleveland, and so not an East Coast city. Yeah, I can't tell you specifically where uh, she is from, but mm. um, but he's a, he's a he's a Midwesterner. Uh, he is okay. From let's Cleveland. do turkeys. Uh, place your turkeys on whether she is from Boston, New York, Philly, oh, DC, like or I guess that's. Ba- I'm Baltimore. guessing she's from Cleveland. Baltimore. I I think he's I think he's the kind of guy who married a Cleveland girl. But oh, then what's but maybe, the whole thing about the well, maybe East Coast she, city? Maybe she just found it appealing to mm. move to an yeah, East Coast city. I guess that could like be it. It, it, yeah. it rang to, it sounded to me like it was a, it was a, I like thought there was some connection, college yeah. or roots uh, or something. Oh, it could be college. That's true. All right. I'll do some turkeys on that. Okay. Um, uh, give me, all right. So Boston. I'm going zero turkeys for Philly because I think he would have called that out directly. Boston, Philly, New York, DC. Baltimore, right? So we got five yeah. cities. Yeah. Okay. Are you doing all yours, Bo, or you want me to go? Uh, okay, I'll, I'll go. Okay. So I'm going zero Philly because I think he would have called it out directly. Um, I'm now, gonna go. What's what's that? Now Marissa would probably want to chime in here. I uh, feel or, kind of odd or, playing. Uh, I I feel kind of odd guessing where his wife is from. On it's on a comment he made. We're not doing this like randomly. <laughs> he said he said he said she likes an East Coast city. So yeah, we're just but, wondering uh, is she from the East Coast? I'm still guessing she's from Cleveland. I'm putting my turkeys in. All Cleveland. right, that's okay. fine. We're not doing anything okay. wrong here. <laughs> Shame me for this game. It's a, it's a comment he made. It's a very lighthearted. I don't think he would be offended by this at all. Somebody wants to send this to him, and if he is offended, we won't do this in the future. I think he would be fine. Oh my gosh. Uh, no, I think. Does New Jersey count with the NYC thing? Like, you know, what if she went to like a Rutgers or something? Yeah, I think, I think, uh, well, it'd have to be North Jersey or South Jersey, right? And then it's, it's right, North, it counts, counts as New okay. York. And yeah, then if it's South, right. it counts as Philly. So okay. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go 30 turkeys, New York, 30 turkeys, Boston, 29 turkeys, DC. And eleven turkeys, Baltimore. Oh wow, Balmer, getting no no love. All right, I'm gonna go forty-one, Balmer. Ooh. Well, you know, Baltimore, Cleveland, 
I don't know. Okay. See, see two people <laughs> they, meeting. They, because they're yeah. in the same division? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I, mean, I don't think they're like, I don't know. Aren't there you some, know those AFC North teams. There's, there's got to no be some. I think, there's so, I think there, for instance, I think there's more similarities between uh, Baltimore and Cleveland than like D.C. and Cleveland. That's where I'm coming from. Okay. I would agree yeah. with I that. Think, I, I think that's true. That. Yeah, or like Boston true. and Cleveland. Uh, I'm going zero for Philly as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, that would really be. Oh, like you lead with that. Yes. That would be a big story. I mean, if it is Philly and he didn't say that, <laughs> I would want to read about that on the Athletic and why he didn't say it. If she's from like South Philly and like her dad like worked for the Eagles or something, that would be an odd uh, detail to kind of hide there. So I'm going zero there. Um, I'm gonna go DC. What did you go for? Actually, I don't want to know because that would be cheating. I'll go mm-hmm. DC. Uh, let's go 37. So that's uh, 78 right there. So I've got 22 to work with. Uh, I'll just split them. 11 Boston, 11 uh, NYC, North Jersey. Okay. Zach's just sticking with Cleveland. Uh, yeah, I, I think he she's from the Midwest. He refuses to play. I, he I think she's from the Midwest. in this. Um, <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I'm trying to think here, but yeah, I'm, right. I'm I'm guessing I'm guessing Cleveland. I too was uh, interested in that though, Bo. I will say when I saw okay. that quote, I was like, but, I want to know more. But maybe, Marissa, did you, you know, want to get in on this action? Marissa's actually, going 100 Jersey. I'm actually <laughs> trying to figure it out. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. You can just look up. The no, answer. but yeah. but perhaps. No, I, we, I, I, well, I mean, perhaps. No, I can't. I can't find it. <laughs> I couldn't find it either. There oh, a, so you there, already looked. There is a. Um, uh, we're talking about Jonathan Gannon, correct? Correct. <laughs> I feel there is a Gina Gannon that works. And yes, I came across this too. Yes, but I was like, that's too easy. That's not, not the same. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we can be upfront about it. We can just ask Eagles PR or ask Jonathan Gannon. I mean, I'm, I know Zach's like embarrassed. I have nothing to hide here. <laughs> I'd like I'd like it to come from you as like the national guy coming in asking for the answer to this. Get a little tweet. Source. Jonathan Gannon's <laughs> wife is from... Uh, is from Timonium, Maryland. <laughs> She's for, from Hartford. For, for, for those of you who are wondering. Okay. All right. What else we got? Um, uh, Shane Steichen. Uh, you know, he wasn't bringing the energy for me. If that's what we're, if that's what we're judging it <laughs> on, that's all I'm going to say. I yeah, I mean, the, I didn't. Re- I mean, he's not going to be calling the plays, right? So exactly. his job, his job is what to be the Frank Reich, right? The sort of shoulder to the yes. sounding board, if you will. Correct. 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 Okay. Uh, and he's he played quarterback. I think Bo asked a good question to him because Sirianni, you know, he's worked with quarterbacks, but Sirianni's background is not as a quarterback, right? Shane Steichen was a quarterback at UNLV. Uh, he's worked with quarterbacks ex- almost exclusively in the NFL. So, uh, so he has a different background than than Sirianni. So he would be like the quarterback guy. On, well, him and, and Brian Johnson are the quarterback guys on the staff. Well, now I think you might be pulling a Sirianni and, and giving me credit for a question I didn't ask. Was that not your question? I don't think so. Oh, I think I just asked him about Sirianni, like what how he, how he'd seen Sirianni. I apologize then to whoever the asked this. I got a. This was last Friday, was it? Very uncharacteristic yeah. mistake, yeah. I would um, say, from Zach. I'm trying this in here. <laughs> uh, okay. It was okay. It was it was my. Uh, I'll give I'll give credit. It was uh it was my former colleague Jeff McLean. Mm, oh, uh, that's mm, bad. That's yeah. like you're you're getting confused with you the next. You literally you pulled Bo. the Sirianni. <laughs> yeah. yes. I'm I'm lumping my former colleagues together. Yeah. Oh, well, so so Garofolo's next. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, and then we don't uh, have to jump into Steichen if there was nothing like that memorable. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, yeah, and then, uh, you know, uh, uh, go ahead, Zach. No, and then I was going to say Michael Clay also spoke to us. He did. Yep. You know, tough, tough to tell what you're going to learn about a special teams coach uh, from a, uh, a, a Zoom press conference, but you know, I like a Michael Clay. Yeah. Uh, so young guy, 29. Um, asked him if if he, this is a guy. I I I don't think this was exclusive to me. There's a lot of people. I imagine you guys probably included Marissa. Uh, probably in, in included you're sitting around when you're 22 23 and you're saying like by the time i'm 30 i i, I want to be here or i, I, I want to be doing x y or z is that something you guys did no i don't think so no. you guys didn't do that marissa did you do that <laughs> that definitely feels like something you did but <laughs> yeah very I'm, much so i'm like yeah. that too zach <laughs> okay thank you so yeah so i i asked michael clay if if like he had some type of aspiration. Yeah, this was a good answer. He was he was thirty, and he said he said yeah. He said he wanted to have a, an an interview for a specialty or for a coordinator job by the time he was thirty, and he got that interview and he nailed the interview. Right, he he got it. He got mm-hmm. hired. So here he is, twenty nine. Yeah, that was a good old. answer. Yep. Hmm. And obviously, Michael Clay was here in the past. He uh, was in Philly during 2014, 2015. He played for Chip Kelly at Oregon was a part of the staff then and if you remember and those was were alongside FIP. So. Yep, and those were outstanding special teams, fourteen and fifteen. Uh I think they had the number one special teams unit in the league in two thousand fourteen. Yeah, so, I mean that they were really outstanding for a very long time until they were jinxed by Shil Capadia. <laughs> it was they, a good story. I was proud of the story. To the it was a fun curse. story to do. Yeah. So I'm okay. Oh yeah, I mean it was uh, worthwhile, but you know, maybe for uh, from our perspective, not for Dave Phipps. I don't like doing the 10 year ahead. I'm always thinking about what's the next thing I want to do or, Hey, Mm. you know, this might be fun. Like uh, to my detriment, like I'll be on my third day on a job thinking, what else? Oh, you know what else I would like to do? Uh, Review movies. Uh, yeah, but, um, but I don't do the, the 10, I mean the 10 year thing. It's like, you know, it's a you don't do like far. 30, 40, 50, 60? No, like I mean, I have no idea. No. I, like, I have so, you know. Who knows if we're even going to have a business in, in <laughs> 10 years? Also, you might find something, you know, you might find something that you really like. That's a long time. You might find something that you really like. Something oh, sure. else might become also, interesting you, to yeah, you. Yeah, and you need to be adaptable. Like the company we, we worked for did not exist uh, six years right. ago, right? So exactly. five years ago. So, um, so yeah, so you, so you absolutely need to be nimble. And that's something that... Also, for all you young reporters listening to us, um, are don't there follow- any of you listening? <laughs> We've given a lot of advice to nobody today. <laughs> Not all of it good. Uh, okay, anything else? Uh, anything else, Zach? Uh, one other thing from the um, interviews today that I think is important to mention. We don't need to spend a lot of time talking about it, but Jalen Rager specifically pointed out oh, that yes. he is spending time in the slot. And that, that that is a big difference between this year and last year. Last year he was on the outside. And uh, so this coaching staff is is moving him around. Now the interesting thing, of course, is that the Eagles took Jalen Rager specifically because they thought he could play the outside. <laughs> Just, <laughs> if, right. if they were looking for someone who they thought would play in the slot better, they would have probably tra- uh, drafted Justin Jefferson. Nonetheless, uh, that is a sunk cost at this point. Jalen Rager has a lot of upside, as we've discussed, and uh, they will be moving him around this year. Well, and it makes sense now. You know, Sirianni has talked about you know he want he needs everybody to play every position, and again, that's like, of course, you say that in theory. We'll see if it plays out that way in practice. Um, but just to 
you know, my vantage point in terms of getting the three best guys on the field, it certainly makes more sense to have Rager or Devontae Smith playing in the slot. And then you get Travis Fulgham or somebody else on the field as the third receiver, as opposed to, to Greg Ward. I agree with that. I think Greg Ward, uh, you know, I'm doing some preview work and I believe if you look at yards per route run, uh, let me, let me look up the, uh, move on to the next. Well, no, one thing I wanted to say was that coach Flynn did have a note uh, uh, yes. on practice. Yeah. Oh, I you, can re- I'll you read this. To, you get you... to that. I'll look up. Yeah. There. Well, I mentioned in the, uh, in the news break that uh, the Eagles went uh Scherzies today instead of jerseys and coach Flynn you know, our, our expert on all things coaching says the jersey for the walkthrough is an outstanding idea. He says jersey for a walkthrough, hotter, extra shirt, an inefficient garment without the pads, clunky, ill-fitting, jersey, still has a number to ID players, way more functional for the workout. Think about going to the gym and working out with a jersey over your shirt. Doesn't make any sense. So there you go. Now that makes a 100% sense to me. I, I, I didn't think it was a great look. I thought they could improve the design of the jersey. I actually didn't, didn't think it was bad. Oh, okay. Maybe the black just, one I thought was, was pretty good. The, the, the gray one is not so great. At. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So last year, uh, let's see how many we got here. 111 wide receivers ran at least 200 routes. Where do you think Greg Ward ranked in terms of yards per route run? Um, I, re- I remember that he was towards the very bottom. And I'm sure it would, if it wasn't for that one long touchdown from Jalen Hurts in the Packers game, uh, it would have been even lower. So uh, one, uh, 105th. Zach? I'm going to do game theory here and do 104th. Oh, you should have gone game theory the other no, way. The other way. I guess that would, no, you did the smart thing game theory, yeah, once, I mean, but it's a, it's a 106th. Now wow. he was not, he was Pretty not close the by wor- me. He was not the worst Eagle. JJ. No. Mm, wide receivers? JJ did not run 200 routes oh. last year unless I'm missing something. Here. Is it all players or wide receivers? Yeah, wide receivers. Are you there? No, I'm thinking. Oops, did I lose you guys? No, we're no, here. No, 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 we're, we're here. both here. We're both here. Uh... Hmm. I can't hear anybody. You can't hear us? You can't hear us? We're here. Yeah, we can hear you, Shiel. We just haven't guessed yet. Shiel? Is it... Yeah, Marissa just posted in the messaging. Uh, He he just left. So it's it's, it's you and I, bro. (laughs) She'll jump back in. Uh, I mean, who could it be? A receiver. I don't know. You have any guesses, Zach? Um, Alshon Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he ran that many routes either. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, I, I would need to. Yeah, I'm not sure. Hmm. It's, it's some suspense. We will get to that. Yeah. Uh, little here go. Tom what a good Pelicero, way to end the show. Uh, breaking news here. For the first time, the NFL will have a unified start to training camp, with 29 teams set to report Tuesday, July 27th. Interesting. Forty-seven days before this, uh, before the Sunday of Week One is allowed by the CBA, and plans for league-wide practices and fan events Saturday, July thirty-first. So hmm. that would that would mean a uniform start date on. That's July good to 31st. know from our perspective. Absolutely. 
there's a there you go. There's a very interested person in my house who yeah who has been asking me recently about my training camp schedule and, and EJ Smith asked me this morning so I I said I would talk to Zach oh, and now I talked flags. to Zach and there, there you go. go yeah tell uh, EJ he can text me tell EJ he can just text me directly well you know yeah who wants to buy the intermediary. I think I muted myself by accident there. Ah, so okay. big, big veteran move. All right. So it's not our Thega White side. Our Thega White side, according to the spreadsheet I have up, and maybe I made a mistake, did not run 200 routes last year. Somebody else did on the Eagles and ranked lower than Greg Ward. Did Alshon run 200 routes? No. No. Okay. There's um... Hightower? Yeah. Hightower. <laughs> 109th out of 111. Oh, wow, not good for a deep threat. Uh, well, yeah. Now, who were one? Who were one ten and one eleven? One ten was Dontrell Inman. Okay. And one eleven was Freddie Swain. Oh. Any I covered Dontrell Inman in college. Spawn and Swain and pray for rain. Who do you think was the highest uh, eagle? I guess that should be easy. Richard Rogers. No, this is wide receivers. I know, but the answer is Richard Rogers. Okay. Uh, Greg Ward. No, no, Greg it Ward. has to be 200 no, routes. No, exactly. We just talked about Greg Ward. Was terrible. <laughs> I, you... I was responding to an email. I apologize. <laughs> Wait, the, 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 what was, Greg Ward was the answer to the email? <laughs> no. Somebody just emailed me. No, I wasn't the listening. The question was, was who ranked 106th <laughs> out of line? <laughs> Greg Ward. <laughs> Who did you so write a, random, who did you write so a story random. about last year uh, about his career as a Houston quarterback? That was two years ago. Greg Ward. <laughs> uh, Go on. You, you got to be able to get who was the highest wide receiver for the Eagles. We just talked about uh, Fulgham. Yeah. Where do you think he was? 45th. Zach, are you listening <laughs> 40, or not? Uh, 44th. Greg Ward. Oh, no. Oh, no. Zach takes the wrong end again. <laughs> takes the wrong way. 64th. 64th. Okay. All right. That's enough Eagles talk. Yeah, that's plenty of Eagles talk. All right, uh, movies. Two, two, new, uh, two new reviews out on hashtag Classics for Shield. Want to take us through them? Well, first, I wanted to mention an air conditioning note. Oh, that's right. You said you so needed had a to very, get to a lot of AC talk. I had a very controversial tweet. I've never seen it get ratioed like this before. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean, got ratioed? Like more, more responses. Yeah. More responses than like, you know, uh, retweets and likes because people don't agree with what you're saying. I'm on team shield here, by the way, but go on. Okay. First of all, why are you paying attention to my ratios? (laughs) You get nothing better to do than pay attention. No, I I got a lot of light. I got 810 likes and I got 48 responses. So is that getting ratioed? I don't know, man. I'm just you're saying. the you brought people it up. People were upset about. People seemed upset with your take. People, people did seem upset. You're usually, you're usually, uh, you know, you're usually playing the hits. Yeah, I'm trying to get good. You know, it's a little spicy here in my mm. old age. So I said, uh, all no engagement's bigger... good engagement. Yeah, well, I don't know if that's right, but <laughs> I said no bigger Zach dad Wilson's win for me believes. personally than winning the we can hold off on AC. Let's open the windows and get some fresh air. Battle. Feel truly unstoppable right now. Yeah, it was a very innocent tweet. I mean, settle yes. down out there. <laughs> My God, you people. Freaking relax. 
It's like Saturday afternoon. Anyway, uh, so the the karma. Well, first of all, some people pointed out that this is very out of character for me. I've mentioned, you know, I don't like uh, I don't like camping. Uh, so the thing is, I, I don't think I've articulated this properly in the past. I don't like the outdoors, like you know, hiking, camping, fishing. But I do like the outside. You know, mm. like I I like to sit outside. I like to walk outside. I like a deck. I like a porch. And so I like an open window. That's all. I wasn't feeling that hot. And I like a little fresh air through the windows. Now, listen, if it gets really hot, then I agree. If you're sweating, if it's sticky, you want to turn on the AC. I'm not anti-AC. That was just uh, my my explanation there. Someone thought, you know, uh, <coughs> as an as an Indian, I don't know, there was some like uh, sports, I don't know if it was sports Indian or what, but the Indian thing is this, you know, from my upbringing is that, uh, you know, and I think this would be true for a lot of, you know, immigrants or first generation um, Americans. Uh, you don't move to this country so that then you can choose to sleep outside. You know, I, I don't know <laughs> who initially said that, but, I, you know, that has been uh, the Kapadia way uh, growing up. But then, you know, you also have the we're not made of money. You know, we came to this country uh, without a lot. We built a nice life. We don't need to waste our money on air conditioning. I think for me, it's really just, you know, a matter of preference. So everyone simmered down there. Now, uh, the karma gods, is that a thing? Karma gods? Maybe it's just karma. Mm -hmm. Karma came back to bite me. The karma because community. We had it. We had an AC uncle here today because uh, the AC was not working properly. <laughs> and, uh, that is karma, so, uncle. Yeah. And, and so that yeah, the came, back to, came bite back to bite you. And I would say it was a, it was a very much a situation like you know when you get your oil changed and they tell you like all these different things that are wrong and you have no idea what they're talking about. If you're me, uh, AC uncle, same thing. I mean, refrigerant refrigerant he said there's something mm. we're using that's like not even legal now but nice. like but like you're free on but if please if places now you gotta make it, sure you're changing out those filters uh, consistently he mentioned that as well but he's mentioning all this thing these things i you know nice guy i don't think he did us dirty but you know he just kind of got to sit there not oh okay gotcha yeah all right uh, and have no clue what the person's talking about so i find myself increasingly in those situations I, yeah. I, I, I can relate to Shield's tweet, but it's, 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 it's more of a, uh, like a marriage win or lose as opposed to one with the kids, right? The, mm. I, my kids aren't old enough to have a preference on AC or, or not, but, uh, but my wife certainly is. So, so mm. that's, that's one of those things where I, I would want the window open. She would want the AC. We would compromise and put on the AC. So now I would <laughs> say, I would say my wife has yeah. loved an AC throughout the time we've known each other, but she's had some change this year where she mm. has not been pushing for the AC. So I'm not sure what's going on there, but you know, I feel like if it's like, you know, 85 or under, definitely give me the windows. Uh, I feel like 85 is a little much. You think that's too much? Uh, I'm okay with it. 85 to 90. Let's have a discussion. Uh, well, it depends on the, if we're getting a breeze, if we're getting a breeze from the open yeah. window, that's one thing. Okay. But if it's like a if it's a stale, you know, eighty three, then you know, maybe let's turn on the AC. My the the house we grew up in uh, did not have central air, so like we the summers would be very hot, which makes me like when we when I can use the AC, I like to use the AC. But I don't like a I don't like a like a frigid AC. And I will say, uh, recording in the in the basement down here of this oh, of this row home, freezing. you know, every every level of the house is like 10 degrees yes. cooler than the next. Yes. 
Uh, and so like when we had like Rachel's grandparents or Rachel's parents staying with us and they're on, they're on the top floor and it gets very hot up there. You gotta, you gotta crank the AC, you know, I'm, I'm freezing my, uh, Rastafarian nanes off down here. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So there you go. Um, I agree. I, I don't want to be wearing a, you know, a hoodie or joggers in August because the AC is making the house so cold. Yeah. yeah I, I want to, I want to no, feel really nice, the season. Now I will say I I certainly uh, at night, oh, you know gotta have I, you cool. got I need the AC because you you sleep so much better if it's yeah. a little bit cold you can get under the covers you know nobody I like wants, the window nobody open wants a night. hot bed yeah I like the window open at night yes. okay. that's okay. up for debate <laughs> we don't need to debate it so <laughs> uh, hot fuzz uh, I mean hot fuzz I could see how people would like it uh, not totally for me I mean as I wrote. Uh, did Bo, did this win an award for most white people in a movie? No, that award no minorities. Actually, that, I mean, that where award are they? Actually, went to uh, Sunday's uh, PGA Championship coverage. At yeah, I saw you say yeah, yeah. That was a good tweet by you. It's looking like hot fuzz out there. Uh, you know, gave it a half an hour, had a couple laughs. It was fine. Oh, I you pulled after it. half an hour. Nice. Yeah. No, I didn't make okay. it through uh, through that bad boy. Um, and the other one was uh, how, how do we house. say this appropriately? Oh, what yeah, is it? Sorry. Oh, you just said it. I okay. said it. Yeah. Well, Bo just said it. Yeah, I thought I liked. I thought it was. It's good a movie. proper title. It's the name of the movie, so I think. It's I okay. know. I'm trying to keep it clean. I know that was a good movie. I wasn't, you know, writing home about it, but now did Kent get in your uh, Instagram mentions on that? Bad yeah, Kent love Kent love Kent uh, love that movie. Yes, he recommended it to me. I could see how people would love that movie. It's good. People might have had that experience in college. It's good. Yeah. I mean, the guy is like, you know, cringe, cringe worthy, like that second, that secondhand, uh, like awkwardness, uh, embarrassment is is pretty heavy in that movie. That's good. With That's that a talent. Hmm. A lot of emotions in that movie. I thought. Yeah, I thought the uh, lead the lead uh, actress did a very good job. Who Lemur tells me is a Philly girl. Exactly. Oh, that's that. right. You know what? I I knew that. I was What's actually, her name? Uh, Hoping to, I was, I was at one point thinking I should see if we could get her on the pod. I, don't, I do not think she's an Eagles fan. I was looking through her uh, social media at that point. Lower Marion, I believe. So there you go. All right. She was on um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt as the mm. uh, older daughter. So there you go. All right. I think this podcast has ended with a whimper. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so if you uh, last, uh, don't forget, yeah. follow on uh, for those reviews. Sorry, Zach. Uh, uh, Shiel Kapadia on Instagram, of course. You can get the reviews that are ticking over the internet there. So setting you up for what's ahead here, um, the Eagles will have practiced the remainder of this week. We will not be there this week. Um, today, we'll, so, so Tuesday was the session for this week, but we will get a day next week when we, we will be out there. That is, will be the final week, as we discussed on the last pod. The Eagles modified their offseason program. So if you're following coverage elsewhere and you're hearing teams have uh, what would be your typical OTAs or your mandatory minicamp, we explained last week why the Eagles are not among those teams. Uh, we are also getting a, a steady stream of players here uh, after practices. So you will hear from, hopefully, Brandon Brooks for the first time. Since the injury last year, uh, we'll get an update, hopefully, from Rodney McLeod, a, a number of other key players for the Eagles. So uh, pay attention to our coverage on The Athletic, on on The Athletic briefs that we put up on Twitter, uh, and you will have all the Eagles updates you need there. 
Speaking of good tweets and ratios, uh, you know, can Willie Henry last longer than 31 days on the Eagles roster? A fantastic tweet. A great esoteric reference. 12 likes, nothing. Everybody's letting me down. <laughs> Bo, I, I, I got to say, and I, I, I don't say this as a... Uh, as a point of criticism, I, I say this just I've I've never observed an Eagles practice from the outside looking in, right? So the the first place I'm going for an update on on on, on the Eagles during practice, yeah, that's not going to be my feed. Is, is my coworker's uh, Twitter feed, and I see Autobahn Hardware is <laughs> the, <laughs> the only update. I mean, listen, if you're fo- if you're looking for practice <laughs> updates, you can get them. That's I'm not going to give you the same thing you're getting everywhere else. So this is the first time I was consuming it like our our readers and our and our listeners. And uh, I'm like, all right. So unless Joe Flacco is on the field by himself, <laughs> I'm going yeah. to have to find. Well, listen, here. you got to pay for that. You know, I'll <laughs> give you the, I'll give you the observations, but I'm not going to gig. You know, I'm not giving away this stuff for free that you can get everywhere else. Come on. So, well said. Willie, well, Willie well, you can check his observations out right now. I see Jordan Mylotta gets first crack with the first team. Notes from Tuesday's Eagles OTA. All right. Uh, well, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. Thanks to everybody for listening. Um, we look forward to finding out where it is indeed that Jonathan Gannon's wife hails from. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, you know, try to get to the bottom of that by the, by the next time that we're able to get together. So, for Marissa and Zach and Shield. I am Bo. Thanks for listening. And as always, we love you. Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.